Hey guys, welcome to the One Life Church podcast. We're so glad you're joining us today, and we hope this message encourages you and strengthens your faith. Enjoy the message. You know, we're in a series here at One Life Church at the moment called Refresh, <clears throat> and uh, I trust that you're feeling really refreshed today. If you, if you feel that you need freshening up, just come and stand in front of this fan over here by the side. It's a, it's a bit like an a airplane taxiing on the runway, I can tell you. But we, we want to encourage people to be refreshed in all that they have uh, and, and the whole being this month. We, we're thinking about what it is to live a life of energy and vitality before God. Because I believe God wants us to be people that live with purpose. And uh, I've titled today's message, Living in His Power and Strength. And I just want to pray this morning. Father, we just want to give you thanks. <clears throat> we thank you, Lord, for your spirit, which guides us and leads us in all truth. We thank you, Lord God, for your word, that your word is alive and powerful. And Father, we just pray in this moment that we have together this morning, Holy Spirit, that you'd open up our hearts, Lord God, that you'd, you'd give us ears to hear, Lord, what you want to speak to us in this place today. We honor you for all that you do for us. And Lord, we look to you right now in this moment. We give you praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Well, talking about refreshed, I'm sure uh, some people have been away on holidays or had some time off over this season. Uh, Rochelle and myself were lucky enough to get away for a few days down in the Illawarra, and uh, we spent five nights down there, and we had a great time. And one of the highlights was being able to get up in the morning and have breakfast by the beach. How good is that? I mean, you, you can get up in the morning in Mudgee and you can have breakfast, but you can't have breakfast by the beach, can you? So that's, that's something pretty unique when you go to the coast. And so we, we took a morning and we went down to the beach and we had breakfast by the beach. And, uh, and anyone that knows that the Wollongong, uh, Illawarra area will know that there's a lot of walking paths, over 70 kilometers of, of walking, walking and cycling paths down there. And so <clears throat> whilst we didn't actually step onto the beach, we said, how about we go for a walk on the walking paths, you know, just stroll and take in the sights and and just be refreshed by the sea air, and, and we're really enjoying the moment. And, and just as we got around to where there was a sea pool, we noticed from a distance there were two gentlemen from a particular religious organization who were standing in front of a, a magazine stand. And from a distance, I started reading all the titles on those magazines. And one of the titles said, When Will Surfing End? And I thought, wow, that's... That's pretty good clickbait for, uh, for the surf sort of area, isn't it? When will surfing end? And uh, as I got slightly closer, I, and on closer inspection, I noticed it actually said, when will suffering end? <laughs> boom, boom. I knew there'd be someone here that would say that. Should have gone to Specsavers, should have gone to Specsavers, quick plug for Specsavers. I've got to say that my long site is pretty good. It's my shorter site that needs a little bit of work. But um, needless to say, when will suffering end? We're thinking about living refreshed. We're thinking about doing our life in His power and strength. And I think it's a fair question to ask, when will suffering end? But it's also fair to say that there's no lacking uh, in this world of things that can cause us to live with a great deal and amount of unrest in our lives. And for some of us, that can be unsettling for, at times. And we can look at, say, let's look at the financial 
uh, realm at the moment. You know, interest rates on the rise. Perhaps some of us have just entered the housing market. Some people have just taken out loans and, and, and all of a sudden you're seeing repayments and interest increasing and, and that can cause people to be at unrest. What about the cost of living? You know, the price of fuel, the burden of keeping a roof over your head if you're paying rent and the landlord keeps on sticking the rent up every year. And you think, my gosh, where will this end? Employment or future income prospects for each one of us. Perhaps those sort of issues are causing unrest in your life. Pressure associated with being a business owner. I can associate with that. Um, You know, workflow, having enough workflow in your business, having enough turnover in your business, employees or lack of employees with issues. We won't go into that. Ongoing compliance obligations, tax obligations. What about insurance and workers' compensation payments, just to name a few? A lot of things that can cause us unrest in those areas of our finance. Relational and physical, we can have broken promises. We can be living with relationships where there's broken promises, a lack of trust, concern for the health and well-being of either yourself or a child, partner, or perhaps it might be an aging parent. You might be living with chronic pain or an extended period of illness. Maybe you've got a loved one that's been taken too early, dealing with past experience of personal trauma, thinking things back over that have taken place in your life in the past, causing you to be at, in, in a state of unrest. What about dealing uh, with feelings of loneliness and abandonment? Or we might be able to think about, even in a global sense, Um, We could have concerns over various environments, this natural environment, this habitat that we live in that we call earth. We could be concerned about certain things that we see going on uh, in our natural habitats and, uh, and, and things that happen in those regards. We could be people that maybe are thinking about the political scene or, or perhaps, you know, there's other things that are causing you to be in a state of unrest. What about climactic wars and rumors of wars? biblical prophecy and where the bible talks about the consummation of all things like when jesus will come back again and i think these are all fair things for us to ponder from time to time but i don't believe the lord wants us to be in a state of unrest over these things and the more i i I seem to turn on the television or the more i seem to look on the news uh on on the computer or, or maybe it's on your social media feed the more i seem to see things that are causing us to take our eyes off Jesus and the rest that he assures that we have in him and placing it on other things and losing that rest that he wants to give to us and has provided for us. Jesus had these words to say in Matthew's gospel, chapter 11, verses 28 to 30. Then Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. Now the Greek word that's used uh, for the word rest here refers to a pause or a state of refreshment. And this is what Christ has done for each one of us when he paid the price ultimately paid the price for us on calvary's cross he paid the debt in full for you and for me 
that we don't have to live worried about, you know, whether, whether we've got to work hard at our salvation in terms of, you know, striving all the time. You know, Jesus wants us to be able to rest in his completed work that he's done for us. But I believe what Jesus was also talking about was twofold for our lives. And I want to look at that in a, in a minute. But, you know, you might be sitting here today and you might, might be saying, you know, do you mean to tell me that, that when someone puts their trust in Jesus and they put their faith in Jesus, that they don't have any burdens anymore and they don't have any stresses of work anymore. I'd like to say, yes, that is the case, that, that your life will be free and, and everything will go well for you. But I don't believe that's what Jesus is pointing at in this particular scripture for us. I believe it's primarily dealing with the issue of sin and us being reconciled back to God again. But when we try to do everything in our own strength and leave God out of the equation, we just get worn out and frustrated um, by our mistakes and failures. Maybe you don't, but I know I do. Because there's plenty of times that I try to do things in my own strength. And this can happen so subtly throughout life where issues will come up and I'll find that I have somewhere along the way surrendered my peace that I have with Christ, surrendered the joy, surrendered those things that the Bible tells us we have in abundance from Him. And I start to strive and I start to try to work things out myself. And all the time Jesus is saying, hey, come and rest in in my completed work. Come and rest in what I've already achieved for you on Calvary's cross. If we're not careful, we can allow those things just to drain us and zap us of all our energy and vitality that Christ wants us to have. You know, we know that, that the Bible says in, in John 10.10 10, that the thief's purpose is to rob, kill and destroy. He wants to make withdrawals from your life, but Jesus said that he came to give us life and life in abundance. Amen. Who wants the abundant life? Who, who wants to live in the abundant life every day? Live from that place of refreshment. Live from a place of faith in what Christ has done for us. I believe when we, when we lean on Christ, we actually enter into his rest and can enjoy our lives, no matter what our circumstances may be. I just, um, I don't know about you, but every time I, I, I tend to look at the life of the Apostle Paul in the New Testament, I think, yeah, there's room for growth in my life. <laughs> There's, there's room for growth in my life, in my ability to trust in God in all circumstances. And, and, and the Apostle Paul had this to say in Philippians chapter 4 and verses 12 to 13. He says, I know how to survive in tight situations. I know how to enjoy having plenty. In fact, I've learned how to face any circumstances, fed or hungry, with or without. I can be content in any and every situation through the anointed one, who is my power and strength. You might recognize that verse in some other translations that says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. In fact, the amplified version goes and takes it one step further and it says, I can do all things that God has called me to do through Christ who strengthens me. And quite often, I, I, just, I just use that as a, as a little bit of a check in my heart when I find myself doing things that seem to really drain me and, and draw all joy and, and take all that, that vitality out of my life, God, is this something that you have actually called me to do? Or is this something that I need to surrender to you? You know, we're encouraged to give all our cares, give all our concerns to Christ. Christ, have I done that in this situation? Am I, am I choosing to surrender these things that, 
just really uh, seem beyond me. God, it's too big for me. And I, I often hear the Holy Spirit just reminding me to hand things over to Him. Give them to Jesus. I believe the Holy Spirit wants to remind us, church, to be people that continue to walk in that rest and refreshment that, that Christ has for us. That we don't hold on to these things and, and, and take hold of them as, as ours to deal with. We're in partnership with the Creator of this earth. And I believe that, that part of what Christ is calling us to is a partnership. Yes, in Matthew's Gospel, Jesus is primarily talking about sin and sin being dealt with that we don't have to earn our own salvation anymore and praise God for that I don't know about you but I'm so glad that I don't have to earn my salvation no amount of you know doing jobs for the lady across the road or whatever it might look like for you that that they're not going to count they are works of our salvation but not works for our salvation and I'm just so thankful that none of us have to work for that but I believe that Jesus metaphorically when he's talking about this yoke being upon us if you've ever seen cattle or horses that have been harnessed it's very rare that when they're working it's just one normally there is a harness and there's yoke on on several different animals or beasts and I believe that Jesus is wanting us to work in partnership with him in fact I believe that's what the whole of Jesus was talking about in John 15 and we heard a bit about that this morning in communion Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. We do everything out of the source and supply that we have in Jesus Christ. So I believe the rest of God is not a rest from physical work. Who would like a rest from physical work? (laughs) Who would like a longer rest from physical work? We once had a retired customer come into work and and uh for those that aren't aware we own a a body shop and uh and and he was let's just say he was quite flexible with his time and um his vehicle wasn't quite ready for uh delivery and in fact it had only just been painted in the spray booth and there was a bit of a hustle to get this vehicle out the door and this guy just wanders into the workshop and starts wandering around the vehicle in the as we're working on it we said oh look you know it's if you've got something to do, that would be great. Um, you know, we'll probably be a little while here. And he says, no, that's fine. I've got nothing to do and all day to do it. What a, what a blessed life that is. Nothing to do and all day to do it. But look, the life that God's calling us to is not a life that's resting from work. It's a, a, a life resting in the work of Christ. Jesus really has done it all for us. I'm just starting to learn that. I'm just beginning to be reminded about that afresh in my life that Jesus really has done it all for us and all we have to do is by faith trust him and walk with him see Christians enter into God's rest through recognizing that Christ's work of redeeming them from sin has been completed anyone recall what the last words that Jesus spoke when he was hanging on Calvary's cross it is finished it's done it's a done deal that it's been paid in full the debt that was owing on your life has been paid in full don't allow the enemy to come around and encamp around about your life and 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 tell you that you're no good and tell you that that God's grace doesn't really apply in this situation believe me 
He's spoken that to me. And if he's spoken it to me, I can guarantee that he's spoken it to you too. God's grace is enough for us. Jesus' blood was enough for us. Once, good, for all time. And I'm just so thankful that we can rest in what Christ has done for us. But as I said before, while Matthew's gospel is primarily talking about our deliverance from the burden of sin, I also believe, as I said before, that the metaphor uses his yoke to help us to realize that we have entered into a partnership with Christ. And if partnering, it's partnering with God to do what he's calling you to do by his grace and leaving the parts that you can't do in his hands, trusting him all the while to do it. God, you give me the grace to do what you have called me to do. And those things that I can't seem to work out, those things that seem to want to encamp around about my life and drain all energy and drain all vitality and joy in this, in this walk with you away from me. Lord, I, I choose by faith now to hand that over to you and say, Jesus, this is yours. I, I, can't, I can't deal with this. this I, I roll this over to you. You know, the, the Bible says that we cast all our cares and concerns on him. And, and, and part of that, that, that word that was used for that meant rolling it on, rolling it on. If you've ever, you know, done some temping bowling or, or attempted temping bowling, um, you know what it is just to roll the ball down there. Roll it on. Roll it down there. Give it to Jesus. He gets a strike every time. <laughs> Actually, he just gets a perfect game. He's, he's a champion. We look to him. Now, um, when we think about that, how often in life do we try to do things in our own strength when we really ought to learn and lean from him and trust in him? Jesus says that to us in that scripture we shared before in Matthew. You know, learn from me. And, and I guess my challenge to us today is, are we learning from Jesus? Are we continue to learn from the life of Christ? Just recently, um, as I've been reflecting on preparing this message, I've really felt the Holy Spirit speaking to me and reminding me, saying, I just want to remind you of my faithfulness to you throughout your life to this point. And so what I've been finding is I was lying in bed one night and I started to think back, you know, to a, a few years ago, different things that happened within our business and I'd think about that, and I'd think about how difficult that situation looked, and casting it over to Jesus, and, and seeing that that situation resolved, and it didn't end up being as bad. But I kept on feeling or, or sensing the Holy Spirit just sort of going, yeah, no, no, go back a bit further. And every time I, I stopped and I just paused for a moment and reflected on what it was, the situation, what it was, and, and handing it over to Jesus, then the Holy Spirit said to me again, yeah, no, no, go back a bit further. And so I sat there for I don't know how long. And I just recount lying in there, ruminating over all the seasons in my life where God has been faithful. And you know what? I believe that's a biblical principle. You know, that we meditate on the things of God. We're told to meditate on the Word of God. That, that word used for meditation is, is ruminate, like, you know, sick it up, chew it over, swallow it again. Sick it up, chew it over, swallow it again. It's a, great, it's a great metaphor, isn't it? Especially when you're thinking about lunch and you might be suffering from a bit of reflux from breakfast. But anyway, <laughs> you know, I just want to share one quick story 
and uh, of God's faithfulness. And, um, and anyone that's ever looked for a house would know that it can be a quite stressful thing, whether you are looking to move, to buy, to rent, whatever it looks like, your circumstances have changed. Rochelle was quite heavily pregnant with our second child, Nathaniel, and we were in the <laughs> throes of looking for a new home, a new place to live. And we started looking at houses and we begin to wonder whether we would ever actually find a house that A, we could afford and B, that would be suitable. You'd find a house that would be suitable, but boy, could you afford it? <laughs> it's like, my gosh, who can afford this place? Uh, certainly not a family. Um, anyway, after searching for a long time, we, we came across a place and um, we wanted as much as possible. We just renovated a little two-bedroom cottage, so we didn't want to spend hours and hours having to renovate another home. And so a new home would be good. And so at around about 38 weeks, we settled on a place and uh, we signed a contract uh, with, with a, uh, the build-up. It was an owner-builder property. And uh, we signed the contract. And uh, Rochelle was 38 weeks pregnant by this stage. And we thought, we really need to be in this new house. We, we, we don't want to be stuck in this two-bedroom place, the baby comes, we're having to organize removalists and do all that, you know, it was just going to be... Anyway, should I say to our surprise or, or, or God going before us in these things, God knows what we have need of before we even ask, how good is he? And the solicitor got back to us and he said, hey, listen, I've spoken to the vendor, the builder, and he's prepared to allow you guys to move in rent-free as soon as the property, you know, deposit goes down. And so we found ourselves in this amazing opportunity of moving into a brand new house, 38 weeks pregnant, rent-free, and then two weeks later, I think it was around about two weeks later, actually might have been longer, it was a bit overdue. But anyway, we had a provision for us. And I just, I just want to remind us to think about the things that God's done for us. Think about the seasons that we've walked through. Think about the, the, the issues that we've, we've brought before Him and reflect on those things and be refreshed knowing that God is faithful. You know, a lot of the psalmists did that throughout their psalms. They would pour their heart out to God. They would reflect, they'd lament, and they'd say, but God, you are faithful. God, your word is true. Living our life by trusting and resting in God will result in our being able to testify that he really does have our best interest at heart. I want us to know that, that God really does have our best interest at heart. However, we must understand that there is a condition on our part, and I believe this is the condition that requires our faith and our endurance. And I just want to share this one last scripture in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 11 to 14. And this is the Apostle Paul again. He says, We also pray that you'll be strengthened with all his glorious power, so you will have all the endurance and patience you need. May you be filled with joy. Always thanking the Father, He has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to His people who live in the light. For He has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of His dear Son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. Today, I just want to challenge us. What is it today that you are holding on to that you could or should be placing into the hands of your Father? I know that there's still things in my life. I'm, I'm a work in progress. This Christian walk is a continuum. It, it continues to go on. You know, from glory to glory is changing me. 
there's there's things that the Holy Spirit is continually bringing up in my life and I'm convinced that he'd be bringing them up in your life as well but what are those things today that you're holding on to that the Holy Spirit's saying hey come on son daughter hand hand it over to me give it to me thinking about his yoke and his his burden being light for our lives let's be reminded today about all that Christ has done for us you know is it your finances is it you've been concerned about your future and what that's going to pan out like and whether you'll have enough money to live on until you get to a certain age is it about your family is it about members of your family that are unsaved is it about people in your family that that might be going through some other sort of crisis be it health or is it that you're still trying to save yourself perhaps you're still trying to earn your own salvation is it that you're burdened by trying to be good enough trying to be accepted by God perhaps you are burdened by all that you are seeing happening in this world around about us whatever it is I believe we need to know this when we look to Jesus for our salvation we quit looking to ourselves Jesus really wants us to look to him church Jesus really wants us to trust in him with all our heart Proverbs 3 5 and 6 trust in the Lord with all your heart lean not on your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him and his promise is that he'll make our path straight 